0: You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is brought to you by the Gebhart Sleep Group at Baird Financial, delivering personalized financial advice that helps clients reach their long-term goals. Visit GebhartSleepgroup.com or see our show notes for links and to learn more.
1: Welcome to Season 2,
2: Episode 10 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Michaela Hooper. I'm Jess Biondo. And I'm Tia McNelly. This week, we were privileged to interview Rebecca Bender. She is an activist. She's a trafficking survivor. She's a speaker. And she has a new book that just came out two days ago. Mm -hmm. And you guys, what an incredible woman. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think... I'd never spoken to Rebecca before. And I think something in the knowledge of her being a traffic survivor had me thinking it was going to be this like somber, very sad and heavy um, interview. But she is so light and free and full of hope. Mm -hmm. I I cannot wait for you to hear everything that she has to share. And Mm -hmm. holy practical. Such a power of redemption.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The book is called In Pursuit of Love, One Woman's Journey from Trafficked to Triumphant. Um, And she doesn't get too much into nitty gritty details, Mm -mm. but there is some content in this that if you have little ears, um, you know, you might want some follow up conversations Mm -hmm. or maybe. Yeah. Maybe skip this one for now,
2: <laughs> or if you have if you have adolescents, this would be a really great one to have on in the car to start those conversations yeah. Yeah. about difficult point. topics like human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And um, she's got great resources online um, that she'll tell you about. So definitely check that stuff out mm-hmm. too. So here is our interview with Rebecca Bender. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the Collected Podcast.
4: Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah,
2: we are so <laughs> excited to hear from you and to get a glimpse of your story and just the the light that you shine. Um, so let's dive in. How about maybe give us a little bit of a uh, background on um, your most recent book and
4: kind of what led you to write it? Yeah, so my memoir, In Pursuit of Love, comes out January 28th, whenever um, awesome. um, this gets... You listen, Aaron, listen to people will know based <laughs> on that. Um, and, you know, when I was able to first escape a life of human trafficking, or maybe I would say, you know, when I first got involved in the fight against human trafficking, I, it hit me that there's a big misconception or a big myth about human trafficking victims and it's, that it's usually, you know, people that are smuggled across borders or, you know, small kidnapped children in in other countries. And what I realized was that survivors, we grow up in the same culture and communities as all of you. Mm. And so we too have those same misconceptions. And when our situations are not matching those stereotypes, we think, well, we must not be being trafficked. I must have made a bad decision. I must have gotten the wrong car. I shouldn't have dated that boy my mom warned me about, right? We make all these self kind of blaming statements. Wow. And so when I got out of trafficking and I I realized that it was more than just putting the blame on my shoulders, but that there was an actual, you know, force spread and coercion used, I thought I've got to sound the alarm. Yeah. I have to tell people that this is happening in their communities. So that's wow. what began the process of writing my story, but it took many, many years to finish the book and to get it published. So yeah, yeah. as it tends to do,
2: right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and I think it also takes, I mean, I'm sure it takes courage, you know, like it's a courageous thing to um, to to process that on your own and with the people close around you, but then also to then take another risk and put it forward and share that yeah. with the world i mean that's really what y- you do when you when you write and you put your story out there so that's
2: so true thank right. you
1: for you
2: being know brave. taking
1: that step and being brave and
2: yeah you know amazing i've heard you say yeah. that yeah. that survivors are more than their story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how how are you starting to dream big or have you in the past decided to dream big yeah. despite your past and how are you helping other women realize this Yeah. yeah it's such
4: a hard thing to move sometimes out of that one bad thing that happened to us years ago or that one moment that we're most embarrassed of or the most regretful of and move sometimes beyond that and and while it was you know, it's kind of scary to put yourself out there this vulnerably to the world. You don't know how people are gonna respond. One of the lessons I learned was that I I actually probably started sharing my story a little too soon where I wasn't at a place in my healing where I was articulating it um, in a way that, that shared what I felt would be more like the truth from God, where I kept, you know, which like you, I shared it through my own rose colored lens of trauma still. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't share it from a place of healing or I would be pressured by nonprofits to share really gruesome details so that people would mm. literally, quote unquote, cry and give. Oh. So once again, being used to make money and which then feels really triggering and you're kind yeah. of new in your healing. And so you don't really know where your boundaries are. And so you just share the most gruesome details. And and those are things now that I look back and I see videos or I, I hear things of. Someone, you know, recorded on Facebook from seven years ago, and I'm embarrassed a little bit. Mm. Now I have much firm, fir- firmer, more firm boundaries where I can say, no, actually, I'm going to share what God put on my heart. I'm not going to share details that I'm embarrassed of my mom hearing. Yeah. I'm embarrassed of my husband hearing. But That's a really hard lesson. And mm. <laughs> there's videos out there I, I regret because I shared too much or I... Share it in a way that I see it differently. You now that I've had time to process and see a therapist and talk right, right, yeah. with Jesus over it. It's just so different now. Yeah, um, for sure. years and years after the trauma.
2: Yeah. And so then how did you how did you kind of move past that story defining you and and start to dream again?
4: Yeah, you know, it hasn't been really it hasn't been very you know, it hasn't been super easy. I'm sure anyone else who's listening and and I'm sure you guys can relate with like moving out of something that's been your identity for so long. Mm -hmm. And I got involved in the anti-trafficking work because I really wanted people to know this was happening in every community. And as I, as I continued my work as an advocate and I helped law enforcement, I learned things that I didn't even know about my own story. I learned about complex compound trauma and trauma bonding and trauma in the brain and all these things that I would have never gotten into had I not been in this field and so while it's been great to be a part of something that you see radical change mm-hmm. it's also it's it's that it feels cliche when you say it but really this field also helped me because it helped me to find things about my own story that I could go back to my therapist <laughs> or go into prayer and say right Oh, do I do that do I have that did I yeah did I not even realize that that's a part of being sold over and over to multiple perpetrators like I didn't even know complex compound polyvictimization I didn't even know that was a DSM5 and I didn't even know who would know oh, Yeah, yeah. Well, right? I like, didn't
2: either and that's that's <laughs> yeah. good to know you know that's incredible
4: hmm. And so yeah. so moving out of that is hard because then you're kind of stuck in that Yeah Well I'm just going to help victims of trafficking victims of trafficking and the Lord started putting on my heart about a year ago that I was that even though there are people that can't relate to being trafficked, everybody can relate to feeling trapped, trapped in a toxic relationship with a friend, trapped in a dead end job, trapped in relationships where we turn the other cheek when we see something bad happening. So we don't want to get involved, right. Or we don't want to be that one that complains. We all can relate to that. And so I, I wanted all women to know that redemption is available and that God a so much more than one bad thing that happened to you, and that you can move beyond your story.
2: Amen. Yeah. Wow, that is good stuff, sister. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that. I mean, yeah, that's powerful. You talking about everyone can relate or to, can relate to feeling trapped, mm-hmm. um, and that can look like you said in a relationship or in you know something that seems just very the extremes, but. That feeling of being trapped is something that, I mean, yeah, I'm like, wow, like, what a, um, what a blessing and, you know, that you, you, like the Lord's giving you insight in that and you are speaking into, um, into that in, in individuals. So. Yeah.
4: yeah that's awesome. I had yeah. a a girl in, you know, early twenties that had reached out and said, you know, I have this friend that. I have been a friend, in, you know, in relationship with for a long time, and they're starting to show character and, and behaviors that I actually don't want to be a part of, or I don't mm-hmm. want in my life. How do I slowly back out of relationships and just even little things like that? That sometimes we we don't know how to what to do, and so we do nothing. We just freeze and we think, "Oh, it'll get better," in a, in a few weeks or in a month or even in a year, and. And yet we still find ourselves walking in circles like the children of Israel. So right. helping people find the freedom to break out of anything that's making them feel trapped or held back is is really my passion now.
2: That's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm sure even outside of your experience with having been trafficked, um, that you've had moments in your life where you're not exactly sure where you're headed or how you got there. So Maybe you could share a time in your life when you've questioned the path that you were on and how you kind of wrestled through that and then what shifted your perspective and helped you get back on track.
4: Man, I've had so many crossroads moments like this. I'm sure we all have. At least I hope I'm not alone. <laughs> no, no, you are not alone. Definitely not. <laughs> I'm like, am I on oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I you know, I feel like I have this every year. I'm like a I'm very much a visionary. I like projects. I like um, you know, I'd, I'd be the person that loves being a photographer because you get to move on to all the different projects. So yes. I feel like I have this question in my life often is, am I doing my on the right path? And so many tools that I just feel like I use with the Lord, at least the Lord's kind of, this is how he speaks to me, is I do a couple things. One is I write down the two to three paths in front of me is like an A, B and C option at the top of a page or a dry erase board, whatever you prefer. And then I write to the left side, I put like six months, three months, six months, 12 months. And sometimes it's easy to even write season. So like by this spring, by this summer, by Christmas of next year. And then I write where I would be on each of those paths at each of those moments, you know, if I had chosen chose path A, B, or C. And by the time I get to the end, it makes it a lot clearer for me on which path I want to take because of where I want to be a year from now. And then it's not based so much on immediate results of like, what's my long-term strategy here? And that's been at least a tangible, like helpful method that I use. That's Rebecca, I wish that
2: see what is happening in this room right now because you're talking and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> because this is such a practical mm-hmm. decision-making process and it's so the way that my mind works too. And so, wow, that is an incredible practice. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. <laughs>
4: I yeah, love it. someday I'll, someday I'll put it in a book. Right when my yeah. next one. There you go. <laughs> That's good. One thing I've done with my older daughter, though, she was um, going off to college a couple of years ago. She's a junior in college now, and she couldn't decide which college to choose. She's a, a Division One athlete. She had a lot of scholarship offers from m- multiple universities, and she was really struggling with I don't know which one to go. And you know, those really life defining moments. Yeah. Um, for anyone choosing a college. And so we took her just through the process of prayer and just said, like, I want you to close your eyes because we had already visited all the campuses during recruiting trips. Mm. And we came back home and we were praying. And I said, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture yourself walking onto that campus, into that classroom at, you know, X university. I want you to take kind of like record, internal record of how you're feeling. You feel excited, do you feel peace? You feel nerves? Like, what are you feeling? And we went through that with all three universities. And at the end, she was like, I said, I want you to lean into the one they have the most peace over, the mm-hmm. most excitement over. And that was. An easy kind of like close your eyes and imagine, you know, moment. Yeah. And she decided right after that, like, all right, this is the one I feel the most excitement over. So
2: I'm keeping I'm in. that too. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. I've got a junior in high school. So I am definitely oh. hanging on to that. We are making all our college visits this year. So
4: wow. It's so hard, but it's such a fun time, you know? Sure. It's a yeah. cool season for moms. I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I had, sorry, mom moment. We're gonna just take a little sidebar. I had this moment in the bathroom yesterday. I was telling my my husband he was kind of like in and out while I was getting ready, and and I was like, I just experienced the strangest soul ache that like it was almost mm-hmm. a glimpse of how deeply and like how what it'll be like to miss the kids when they're mm-hmm. out of the house, like that that mm-hmm. ache for them. And I'm like, Lord, please don't let it be like that because.
0: <laughs> That's not, that felt
2: terrible, <laughs> really? uh-huh. but I wonder if it will be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So did your daughter, is she in college now?
4: Yeah, she's a junior, and our going away trip, there was no aching. Good. We got in a giant fight over packing, oh, and no. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why God does this so that you want them to leave. Yay. Oh, no. my gosh. That's funny. That's actually <laughs> somehow <laughs> encouraging. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, take your back, and I see
2: break. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Okay, that's, really that's hilarious. I'm so glad that I paused for that. <laughs> I could see that happening. <laughs> oh with my us. gosh. It's so funny. Oh man. So, so, ahead, Michaela. so,
1: I mean, yeah, just hearing you talk, there's so many different um, parts to who you are. And um, I would just be curious, like, I'm curious to know what what Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now and transforming in you.
4: You know, there's so, I think in the beginning of the year, a lot of us have the tradition of kind of getting a word for the year and yeah. at least I do I really like yes. doing that I've done it the last couple of years and Same. it's helpful to kind of anchor yourself to and yeah. use as a barometer for decisions and um and so this year I I felt obviously the word pursuit kept coming up for us because it's mm. the name of my book and I loved it but what I realized was the more I pressed in was the lord wanted wanted me and I think anyone who I get the opportunity to, to talk with, to pursue whatever it is your word is, right? So pursue hope, pursue belief, pursue resurrection, pursue surrender, pursue rest. And for me, that, that means going after and hunting down and overtaking the area that God has for me to transform, um, in. And so personally I'm a I'm a a type personality I like plans I like lists I like agendas um, there's some things I could be spontaneous about but I like strategy and so with this book it's my first book it's been there's all these like first-time author I don't know what I'm doing like you know just Mm. just the fear and the anxiety and the stress and the worry of I'm not doing it right am I gonna get people signed up for a launch team before the launch, right? There's all these little things though. Yeah. Um, um, the Holy Spirit, I was walking into my office and I heard very clearly the, the words, you are letting anxiety and worry steal your joy. Oh, wow. Yep. And so I had to kind of check my my own heart and that transformation. So this this year, I'm really working on pursuing celebrating instead of worry and saying, you know what, I should be thankful I even have a book deal. (laughs) 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 Let alone worry about a lunch (laughs) team, you know? So I've been trying to pursue, pursue celebration.
3: This week, we continue to be so thankful to be sponsored by David Gebhardt uh, with the Gebhardt Sleep Group of Baird Financial. And they have been so faithful in not only sponsoring us and allowing us to be on the air, but helping give us advice, confidential advice, yes. about how to get our finances in order and what to be doing with our money. And it's helped, for me anyway, shift this idea that my money isn't just for me. It's about my legacy, or allowing you know harnessing my money in a way that allows me to be open to what God may be calling me to. Yes, so that I can give Him my yes, and not always have to worry about the
2: financial implications of that because I've prepared for it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, a lot of us were probably brought up. Um, with with different perspectives on money but some of us maybe with without a healthy view of money mm-hmm. um and so that's what i really appreciate about dave and his team is that they are committed to helping us kind of craft our our perspective mm-hmm. on money and how we can use money as a tool for god's kingdom yes
3: yeah. yeah not looking at it separate from the work of the kingdom yes dave is a strong christian and yes. he weaves that into his his business and yeah. it's it's a creative outlet. I love
1: it. Yeah, it's so good. So don't, don't let fear hold you back and um, contact Dave and let him know how he can assist you in um, growing your finances so that you're in a place where you can bless
2: those around you and have freedom to say yes. You know what's great about Dave too? As a Collected Podcast listener, you can just call or email him and mm-hmm. ask him a question with no obligation. Yeah. He's he's a resource available to you right now. He wants to hear from you. So please give him a call or email. Check the show notes to find his info. I like the, the concept of kind of every word is a pursuit of something. Pursuing the Lord yeah. through the lens of something. That's a really great way to look at it. So maybe that's a question Listeners, if you don't have your word yet, maybe that's a way for you to come to understand what it is the Lord wants to show you this year. Like, what is it you are in pursuit of? As far as as far as you can cultivate the culture of the kingdom of heaven here on earth, what do you need mm-hmm. to pursue?
4: I like yeah, that. pursue more prayer. Yeah, pursue more time in my word. Pursue more justice. Pursue yes. love. You know. I, Man, when you read First Corinthians, it's like love is patient and it's kind and it doesn't envy and it doesn't boast. I'm thinking, oh crap, I'm getting all of them wrong. <laughs> I've been impatient. <laughs> I've been unkind. I've been envious. I've been and so instead of my me praying like God make me more patient, I I shifted my prayer to like God, I need to pursue love. Yeah, I need more love because if I'm if I'm you know getting low engine, I'll light on all these other things and. And clearly I'm I'm low on love and yeah. so wanting to pr- whatever it is you need to pursue, you know it's, yeah. that's,
2: it's between you and God. Is that so kind good. of where the title of your book came from in the pursuit of in pursuit of love?
4: You know, the interesting part we we went we could not figure out a title for this book. <laughs> it's such an interesting book because it's really this like gritty true crime story. But then also halfway through you kind of meet this redemptive transformation story of God. Oh, and so that. some titles were like really just crime, true crime, <laughs> like right. you know, deadline, duh, duh, duh. And then the other um, titles were very a eh, little Christian easy. Like we just couldn't figure out something that really <laughs> fit both. And we went back and forth and rounds and rounds, but Uh, we decided on In Pursuit of Love for so many reasons. It was kind of like, as a young woman, um, not, you know, growing up in a broken home, even though I was considered, you know, all American average girl, cheerleader, soccer player, honor roll student. I I still had some issues from childhood. I think we all do. Mm -hmm. And, And so I pursued love in all the wrong places, boys and parties and saying yes to anything and just wanting to be a part. I found love and acceptance and belonging. Um, and I was okay with that. I was okay crossing boundaries if it kept me feeling a part of something. And unfortunately that got me into some situations where a trafficker began pursuing me Mm. and because I was the vulnerable girl on campus. But then right through it all, it's like God's really the one in pursuit of us. And at the end of it all, I had to kind of leave it all behind to run after the call of God. And Mm. so Mm-hmm. Pursuit felt very much um fitting because it kind of fit all all of that spectrum of true crime all the way yeah. to the transformation side of Jesus. so
2: so what are what are some of the things that, as you've if, as you stopped saying yes to this life and the lies of the enemy, and you started saying yes to God, what are the some of the things that you had to release in order to do that?
4: Yeah, I, mean, I think changing your life around is really, really hard. Word. And I, think, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think people don't realize, you know, if you have a loved one that's lost, if they're out using drugs, if they're out, you know, I don't know, doing whatever you think is lost and you have a friend or family or someone you care about. And the reality is like completely transforming your life is really, really hard. And I think the picture that I get oftentimes with God is we can be these um, toddling, you know, two-year-olds and, or, you know, one-year-old even. And I know from having children, when my kids were learning to walk and they'd get a few steps and they'd fall down. We wouldn't go over there and yell at them and scold them and be like, why aren't you getting your life together? Don't you know how to walk? You know, (laughs) we do the opposite. We pull out our cameras, we're clapping, we're cheering. And I think God does that for us, that even if we take only a few steps forward and then we stumble and fall, that the world can sometimes make us feel scolded. But God is right there with his camera saying, I'm so proud of you. You are coming so far. I want to capture this moment and celebrate The small steps with you. And if we can keep our minds focused on that and not self-condemnation or what other people are saying or what the big C church thinks about our transition, we are going to be okay. And it develops our relationship closer to the Father.
2: Gosh, I I yes. And I feel like that is for someone. Yeah. Because I felt like it was for me. Um, I know there's been a focus in my life recently on fasting and i heard um somebody in the just in all the learning i've been doing tell a story of like i set out to do a fast for this many days but i only made it this many days and then and then i was really down on myself and then god was just like hey thank you so much for what you did and yeah you didn't you didn't get as far as you wanted to but wow did we get close in the process so as long as you know what i mean like yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's someone out there who maybe has, has a goal for the year or something that they tried to accomplish in 2019 and they didn't quite get there. But you know what? You got somewhere. Yeah. So good for you. And God is so thrilled and so pleased with you.
4: It's like that when I was trying to learn to hear his voice more and more. And I, I would say, do you want me to go left or right? You know, choose door number A or door B. And I felt like if I don't choose the right door, I'm going to get a goat in the kazoo. Like it was just so <laughs> much pressure to, like hear his voice and make this right decision, you know. And it was just awesome because I felt like the Lord said to me, I'm going to bless you for trying to hear me even if you get it wrong. Yeah. Like th- your heart to even try to be obedient to God's direction, that blesses him. Yes. And whether you end up making door A or door B, God is God will work it out. He knows exactly what door you're going to pick. It's going to be okay. Yes. But just to be okay in that thought of like, like you're saying, he's happy with the progress. He's happy you're even trying. Yeah. He's yeah. happy, that happy that you're trying to be obedient. Him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Like I really want to do the right thing, or I really wanted to go longer. God's like, I'm so proud of you. Look how far we've come. Look how close yes. we've come. So oh, that's so yeah.
2: encouraging. That's so good, man. Well, so um, I wanted to to make sure that you were able to have space to share anything that you wanted to let our listeners know about your story or about the message of the book before we wrap up, is there anything that you're just burning to
4: share? You know, I think I love these questions. They've been so fun. They, <laughs> I love being able to focus sometimes not just on my story because it's so hard when you have a memoir coming out, of course, it's about your story. Yeah. Um, but there is so much, you have so much more manna and so many more lessons that God has done in the last 10 years of my life. And so it's fun to be able to share some of, some of these fun things that you're asking. Good. But one thing I would just encourage um, any listener, you know, human trafficking has become a very much a buzzword over the last few years. It's, and I'm glad, right? It's raised awareness. It's sounding the alarm. It's making people become more alert to an issue that they might not have noticed was right under their noses, right yeah. in their own communities. And so we want to encourage people if human trafficking is something that you feel like you just don't know enough about. You feel like, oh, I kind of want to just learn more. I'm not sure if I want to get started. Or maybe you've you've began getting a little bit involved, volunteering here or there, and hasn't really been what you thought it was. And I want to just encourage anyone who's listening. Uh, we have a free course called Find Your Lane, How to Identify Your Place in, in the Fight Against Human Trafficking. Oh, that's good. I, in my last 10 years of working in this field, I have tried... A bajillion lanes. I've tried it all. I've taken in foster teen, traffic girl. I, I've done crisis response. I've worked cases. I've helped a safe home startup. And there are things that I learned that I wasn't really good at. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's okay to try something and think oh, that wasn't totally what I was expecting. It doesn't necessarily mean that you got it wrong or that God wasn't calling you to it. And so. It's been kind of a theme of this entire interview, but it's like it's okay to try a different lane. You don't have to leave um, entirely. It's okay for giving it a shot, and yeah. and so we want to encourage people to learn more about the issue in this um, find your lane bundle. We have a really fun interactive quiz. We try to make it lighthearted. It can seem like this really dark issue, and it is, of course. Yeah. But we wanted people to also it it. You can break the giant elephant down into bite-sized pieces. It's it's doable, and you can do your part, and you can be a part of something, even if it's just with your own family. Yeah, everyone for sure. thinks human trafficking is a is a girls' issue, and they want to keep their daughters safe, and they want to help, you know, figure out how to keep um, those they love safe, and and that's great, and they should. I also think it's important for moms of sons to remember that the number one buyer of sex in the world is American men.
2: Yeah.
4: And so how are we raising up our sons in a really hypersexual culture mm-hmm. to be defenders and protectors of women and children? That's good To yeah. not give in to culture that says going to the strip club on your 18th birthday or going to Vegas to hire a girl for your bachelor party is the cultural norm. How do we how do we raise up people that are going to go against the norm and be the Daniels in a Babylon, right? Like, and so this find your lane bundle can help you, whether it's something small you're doing with your own kids or full on, you want to start a nonprofit and open a safe home (laughs) in your area. Our find your lane bundle just kind of helps you break this down into nine bite-sized pieces, gives you places to get started or ways and areas to research for each lane And we even help you find your lane with the fun quiz. You take it and it'll give you the result of what you kind of score highest in. That is so
2: amazing. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Wow. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. Yeah. This has been a really fruitful chat. I appreciate all your practical ideas and processes and everything. Yeah. It's really fun. Thanks for letting me come on. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys make sure to check out her book in Pursuit of Love, January twenty eighth, right? Yep. Awesome. 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 Yeah.
1: And we'll put notes um, for your website and everything. So yeah, um, listeners, please check Rebecca um, out on her website. And um, where can they find you on Instagram, Rebecca?
4: My handle is I'm Rebecca Bender. Real easy. Perfect. Just I am.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us, Rebecca. Thank you, guys. That interview was
1: so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as Rebecca was talking, I just kept thinking to myself: there's so much joy and um, peace and redemption mm-hmm. in her story. And um, you know, she she talked. She even said, sometimes it's easy to get lost. In um, that part of your story, she talked a little bit about that, and also to let that part define your story. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I can tell that Rebecca has done some work yeah. to not allow that tragic thing that that took place with her to define her whole story.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And God's using her in tremendous ways to help others. Do the
2: same, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's good, Mick. Yeah, I was like that. To me, that was so refreshing. I think it's it, it's easy for us to think that one significant moment or <laughs> uh, one trial is like the defining moment and is our quote unquote story, mm-hmm. right? That is our testimony. I remember, you know, after. After my college years of heavy drug use and drinking and um, becoming pregnant and going through single motherhood with an unplanned pregnancy, I was like, this is my story. This is what I'm going to do with my life, you know, and <laughs> this is going to direct my path. But, I mean, it, it is part of my story. Mm-hmm. But then there was Kenya but then there was collected and the Lord is continually writing our stories. Yeah. And until the day we die, our story is not over mm-hmm. and it just gets better in heaven, just to be sure we say <laughs> that out loud. But no one part of our our life defines what we have to share mm-hmm. with humanity about who God is and what he's done and the testimony of his goodness and his love for us. Mm-hmm. So keep on going. Keep on looking for those defining moments in your life, and
3: and along those lines, I like how she pointed out to that she started sharing her story a little too soon, and you know whether she did or not, you know I don't know, but that idea that our story and our perspective of our story is constantly changing, totally. Yeah. So the way she used to perceive it and the way she used to believe she had to share about it is different now, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that that's so the grace and beauty of the lord too is that he continues to change our perspective of our own stories and like enrich them and redeem them. Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the joy of walking with the lord.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And I love that she is aware more aware now of the fact that her story can connect with almost everyone. Yeah, uh, because she talked about being trapped and how that looks can look really different. Um, and it can be on all different facets, but that can connect with anybody really yeah, um, and i I just thought that was so powerful because sometimes we can negate our story mm-hmm. and because of one thing,
2: yeah,
1: or it only relates to this group of people, right um, but clearly, she's done again that part of the process and is in the midst of that, continuing to do that to be able to see how her story can connect mm-hmm. with everyone that she comes in contact with.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, Michaela, that reminds me too. She, she mentioned several times, um, she referenced the Israelites mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. And I, I have been hanging out with the Israelites a lot lately. And it just kind of makes me think about what you're saying. You know, that's the story of God in mm-hmm. His Word. It's a story that we can all relate to. It's a story that has universal truth, just like our stories, just like Rebecca's story can connect with anyone. God's story exists to be connected with. Mm -hmm. So when you go and you read, there's something there for you. There's a universal truth about who God is, His love for you, what He intends for our lives, His best for us, creation. There's something there for you. So go look for it. That's good. Good.
3: So good. So get out
2: there (laughs) right now go look at it (laughs) turn us off we're
3: done and go look for
2: it yeah yeah. guys we love you so much thank you for listening please 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 go on over to Patreon and check out what's going on over there if you're a regular listener and you're not a patron you are missing out on all the good stuff (laughs)
3: patreon.com slash the collected podcast we'll see you next week guys
0: Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com Collected thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive content, Contests and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Sprezza Foundry, and Michaela at the Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is brought to you by the Gebhardt Sleep Group at Baird Financial, delivering personalized financial advice that helps clients reach their long-term goals. Visit Gebhardtsleepgroup.com or see our show notes for links and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is recorded and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Alan.